I'm going to just read one scripture. If we can stand to honor God's word. You guys have heard this scripture before. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6. It says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. I'm going to ask Brother McAtee to ask the Lord's blessing today. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Um, I wanted to also just mention a couple things. Saturday, I know uh, that we are going, to, there's going to be some people uh, working here on Saturday. I will be here Saturday morning. I am going to run up there for the start of that, um, Sister Katrina, at 11 o'clock. I'll be there at the start of that. But there's going to be some people here working on Saturday. So if you would like to come, please let me know. Right, Sister Catherine, it's important. Because <laughs> Sister Catherine is, uh, has been making lunch for us. But if you, if you want to be here, if you plan on being here Saturday for the workday, just uh, please, uh, we, we want to know about how many people. So I want to read 1 Samuel chapter 1. We're going to start at verse 20. And we're going to talk about this baby dedication. Uh, how many people here were raised in church and were dedicated as a child? Just uh, all the Thorson children were. I'm sure all the Martinez children were. Um, uh, so what is a baby dedication? I heard uh, Siri was talking. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 20, Wherefore it came to pass when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived that she bare a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord. And the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer unto the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow. But Hannah went not up, for she said unto her husband, I will not go up until the child be weaned. And then I will bring him that he may appear before the Lord and there abide forever. And Elkanah, her husband, said unto her, Do what seemeth thee good. Tarry until thou have weaned him. Only the Lord establish his word. So the woman abode and gave her son suck until she weaned him. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with three bullocks and one ephah of flour and a bottle of wine and brought him unto the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. And they slew a bullock and brought the child to Eli. And she said, O my Lord, as thy soul liveth, my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here praying unto the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 19 it says, and Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and did let none of his words fall to the ground. So Samuel was dedicated to the Lord as a, as, as a boy. In the New Testament, we read how Jesus Christ, as an infant, after the eight days were fulfilled, uh, they called his name Jesus, and he was dedicated to the Lord. In Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 21, it says, And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, 
His name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. It was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let us thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own, thy own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age and had lived with her, with her husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about fourscore and four years which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And she coming in that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. And when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. So just a couple examples of baby dedications. And this is a commitment on the parents' part because it's very serious. You know, uh, the Bible says, uh, low children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward in Psalm 127. And so children are an heritage. They're from the Lord. They're of the Lord. And that's part of the Psalm of Degrees, the Songs of Degrees. Right there in Psalm chapter 127, there was 15 of them. And this is the eighth one. And if, you just, if you're reading the book of Psalms, uh, these are songs of degrees or songs of ascent when they would ascend up into Jerusalem because Jerusalem was on this plateau and uh, uh, the sides around it, you would ascend up and they would sing these psalms. And so this was the eighth one. And it says that children are an heritage of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is his reward. And so we look at, at children as a, an intended blessing. I really believe that uh, this baby melody is intended to be a blessing. There is a scripture in the Bible that says, a child left to himself will bring his mother to shame. So we don't leave that child to its own devices. That We don't leave that child to do whatever it wants. We train up the child in the way that child should go, right? Because we, I took the responsibility pretty strongly as a dad 
And I just always thought about these scriptures. What's my responsibility as a dad in bringing up these children? And so we read when that opening verse in Proverbs 22, verse 6, to train up a child in the way he should go. When he is old, he will not depart from it. I'm going to read from a couple commentaries. The first one is Adam Clark's. He says, the Hebrew of this clause is curious. It means initiate the child at the opening of his path or the mouth, right? When he comes to the opening of the way of life, being able to walk alone and to choose, stop at this entrance and and begin a series of instructions. How he is to conduct himself in every step he takes. Show him the duties, the dangers, the blessings of the path. Give him directions how to perform the duties, how to escape the dangers, how to secure the blessings which all lie before him. In this case, we're talking about a her. Fix these on his mind, her mind, by daily inculcation till their impression is become indelible. Then lead him or her to practice by slow and almost imperceptible degrees till each indelible impression becomes a strongly eradicated habit. Beg incessantly the blessing of God on all this teaching and discipline, and then you have obeyed the injunction of the wisest men. Nor is there any likelihood that such impressions shall ever be effaced or that such habits shall ever be destroyed. Train up or initiate signifies also dedicate. It's often used for the consecration of anything, a house or person to the service of God. Dedicate, therefore, in the first instance, your child to God. And nurse, teach, and discipline him or her as God's child whom he has entrusted to your care. Remember, children are an heritage of the Lord. And he's entrusted that child um, Melody, Fernando, and Gabby to you. He's entrusted that child to you. These things observed and illustrated by your own conduct, the child, it will, will never depart from the path of life. Uh, John Gill says it this way. As Abraham trained up his children and those born in his house in the way of the Lord in the path of justice and judgment, which are the ways in which they should go and which will be to their profit and advantage. I don't know about anyone else, but I've had some serious discussion with my children. And I've said, um, I don't think that's a good idea. Uh, And here's the reason why. And I would give the reasons. I would give them logic and I would show scriptures And I've done that with my children. I've had some discussions. Um, It's the duty of parents and masters in all ages and under the present gospel dispensation, even to bring such who are under their care in the nurture and admonition of the Lord by praying with them and for them, by bringing them under the means of grace, the ministry of the word, by instructing them in the principles of religion, teaching them their duty to God and man and setting them good examples of a holy life and conversation. This is to be done according to their capacity 
And as they are able to understand and receive the instructions given them, according to the mouth of his way, as it may be literally rendered, that in this case, it's talking about the child and the way that child should go. Because each and every one of us has a different, God has a plan for our life. And the plan for my life may not be the same as the plan for, you know, somebody else's life here. And that child, you're supposed to train up that child in the way that child's supposed to go. God has a plan for Melody's life. And sometimes parents get in the way of God's plan for their child's life. And we don't want to get in the way for whatever that be. We should train them up in the way that they should go. So that's the, that's the mouth of his way, as it may be literally rendered. As soon as he is able to speak or go even from his infancy, or as children are fed by little bits or a little at a time, as their mouths can receive it. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Not easily, not ordinarily. There are exceptions to this observation. But generally where there is a good education, the impression of it, the impressions of it do not easily wear off, nor do men ordinarily forsake a good way they have been brought up in. And when, when come to years of maturity and understanding, their hearts are seasoned with the grace of God. They are then enabled to put that in practice, which before they had only in theory, and so continue in the paths of truth and holiness. The word train is to initiate and to educate. Albert Barnes says, according to the tenor of his way, that's the way that he should go. The path especially belonging to, what's especially belonging to that child. Melody, and so, you know, sometimes parents, they think they know what they want for that child. And they put upon that child their desires. But that's not training up the child in the way the child should go. Right? So we're supposed to train them up. God has a plan for that child's life. And we should prepare and get that child ready to respond to the way of the Lord in their life. Um, the proverb enjoins the closest possible study of each child's temperament and the adaptation of his way of life. Now, Genesis 18, 19, this verse really convicted me many years ago uh, when I was, I did a lot of reading on being a dad and being a parent and how to be a godly parent and how to teach my children the ways of God. And because I wanted to do it right. And I remember my dad was an excellent dad. Um, I thought if I could be half as good as dad as my, as my dad, I would be a great dad. That's how great my dad was. And he was just, uh, and my dad, I remember him saying this. He said, I had no idea how to be a dad. So I just sought the Lord. God, what do I do? How do I be a good dad? And he sought the Lord. And uh, he, he got some wisdom on how to be a great dad. But Genesis 18, 19 is talking, to, the Lord is talking about Abraham. He says, for I know him that he will command his children and his household after him. And they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. 
Could you imagine having that kind of commendation from the Lord? I know, Elijah, that he's going to command his son well. I just thought that would be great. Uh, that God can entrust me with the child knowing that I'm going to bring up that child and give the command to that child, show that child the way that child ought to go. Every child's different. We have eight, and every one of them has, are unique. They're all so different. And, um, and so um, I see talents in each one of them. I see talents in Jesse that uh, the other ones don't have. I see talents in Rosette that the other ones don't have. And you guys know what I'm talking about if you have more than one child. They're all so unique. And being able to read, there, I can be tough on some of my children, some I can't. Some don't respond as well. Some I have to be tough, some I have to be gentle. <laughs> and so knowing that child, understanding that temperament of the child, that character of that child, and so I want to be able to command my house well. Fernando, you got a great responsibility. Gabby, you have a great responsibility. It's a wonderful intended blessing that you have in that little girl, the beginning of life, to raise up that little girl in the way that God would have her to go. He has a plan. And we can, our plans can sometimes get in the way. And I, I see that all the time with parents, and I'm shocked parents that should know better, um, that are stumbling blocks to their, what God has for their children. Psalm 145 verse 4 says, one generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. And so this generation, you know, when you sit there, uh, Fernando, and you just be, just share scripture. She's not too young. You know, they, 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 you heard the story that if they play classical music, even when the baby's in the womb, that they end up being more intelligent. Uh, they, I've heard guys that, uh, you know, they would read math books and stuff to the baby while in the womb. I was like, but the greatest, most purest, wonderful doctrine that exists is the Bible, God's word. And so reading the scripture to that baby, letting that child hear God's word. And just talking about loving God's word. And so Ephesians 6 verse 4, I took, uh, it just greatly convicted me a number of years ago uh, when my children were little. And it's, it says, and ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. To bring up means to nourish, to promote health and strength, according to Mounts, to bring up, to educate, Strong says, to rear up to maturity, that is, to cherish or to train. Uh, Thayer's is to nourish up to maturity, to nourish, to nurture, to bring up. And I remember the day that the Lord allowed me to see what, the, what this meant, ye fathers, Provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admission of the Lord. I remember I said, okay, family meeting. And I sat everyone down and I said, things have to change. So every day I'm going to give some instruction right straight out of God's word. And I remember um, 
I would ask the question that, that Solomon would ask his children. He would say, my son, will you give me your heart? And I would say that, Jesse, remember, he was, he was little at the time. <laughs> he may not remember. <laughs> I'd say, uh, son, will you give me your heart? My son, will you? And I would ask that question to my little girls. <laughs> All the way down, they probably had no idea what I was asking, but they're like, yeah. <laughs> so I would begin to just talk to them about the Lord. I would begin to talk to them about the ways of the Lord. And um, I remember one particular night, I uh, would go in, and my dad always did this. Before we went to bed, he said, kiss, hug, and smile. That was my, I learned that and I did that with my child. Every night it was a kiss on the cheek, a hug and a smile every night. And so I told my children, kiss, hug, smile. I learned it from my dad, kiss, hug, smile. And I got to Jesse. I said, and I asked my children this question, what can I do to be a better dad? And Jesse was the oldest. He said, train us, dad. So then I'd ask the girls, and they say, train us. They're just copying all their brother, probably. Train us. But when I asked the question, I thought about it. You know, I thought about that. Because I would sit them down, and I would say, guess what, guys? I'm, we're going to talk about today how we should act when we go to the grocery store. Okay? Should we act like this? Ah! Grabbing things, throwing it. No, Daddy. No, that's yeah. That's not good. That's not good. Um, here's the proper way. We'd go through, and I would just talk to them about proper behavior in a restaurant, and we'd just do, do the different things. So then, when we'd get to the store, I'd say, "Remember what we talked about in training." And they, you know, people, and like get to the restaurant. Remember what we talked about? How uh, we were to act in a restaurant. Is it okay to? Uh, get up and run around. No, no, you guys can sit quietly. Color in the, A lot of times they bring coloring crayons and a little thing to color with and just be respectful and nice. And, and so um, we did that. And we, I would just try to think of the situations where I seen parents embarrassed at the restaurants, parents embarrassed at the grocery store. Or anytime I seen parents embarrassed, I tried to figure out how I can nip this thing before we got in that situation. <laughs> so we started doing that. We started doing that. Started training. Because I took it seriously. How do I, as a father, have to bring up my child? I, I, I've told this, I, I often say this. But I don't know about anybody else. But I want other people to like my children too. And some parents, they don't have a clue that people don't like their children. And so I would tell my children, I said, guess what, guys? We're a big family. Automatically, when we go somewhere, they're like, oh, great. So uh, we want to act in a respectful way. You know, people have spaces. People has, have a personal space. And so we... Uh, you know, I tell my children, everything's off limits unless you've been given permission. You don't touch that radio. You don't touch those CDs. You don't go do that. You don't grab their food. You, don't, you just don't do everything's off limits unless you, especially when we go to someone else's house, it's all off limits unless you've been specifically given directions. I'd never childproof my house because these were opportunities for training. One day I did get home. 
I've shared this story before. This was like totally cool. One day I got home and I had these CDs all in my CD thing. Rosette was a baby. Now, Rosette was a daddy's girl. You got to know she was a daddy's girl. And all these CDs were all over the floor. She had pulled them out. This is an off-limits thing. I walked in and she looked at me. She went, put her hands up. And I picked her up and loved on her. And my wife said, you didn't even see what she did, did you? And I said, yes, I did. But how can you refuse that? <laughs> we'll have a moment of training here in a little bit. <laughs> so just hugging on my baby Rosette, just loving on her. And then I, we sat down. I go, now, Rosette, we got to put these back. Okay, I'm going to show you. Okay, put these back. So parenting, that's what it is. It's, it's opportunities. Everything, their failures, their successes are an opportunity to instruct, to talk. And my children know I'm very long-winded. And if they know they have to have a discussion, it could be two hours. That's no joke. It could be two hours. And they all are shaking their head because they know they've, they've been, oh, here comes a long lecture. Guys, come in the room. I just, we just need to talk. And so that's what us fathers have a responsibility. Now, it doesn't, I've taught my sons and my daughters, it doesn't matter how old you get, I will always be your dad. Jacob listened to his father Isaac when he was in his 70s. Now, I'll be respectful to you as an adult, but I will call and say, son, Jesse, I think... You ought to do, my dad did the same thing. He said, son, this is what I think. He would just give me his opinion. And, or he'd walk up and say, son, I think you should read this book. And I'd say, I, I, you, you need to have that kind of honor towards your father, that kind of honor towards your mother. And so we teach them that. We teach that to the child. One of the things that I taught my children was to honor their mother. I didn't want them being disrespectful to their mother. And uh, without me there, if I wasn't in the picture, they would run over my wife. You have to know that they would run her over. And there's been times when I've heard them arguing and I just step into the room and they look at me. <laughs> All I have to do is step into the room. That's it. So my dad taught me to respect my mother. He said, son, you might disagree with me, argue with me, but don't you disrespect your mom. He told me that just flat out. And so uh, I, I learned about the things that we can teach our children. Uh, in, a, in a message that we've had here very recently um, about the chancla. <laughs> in Hebrews, <laughs> I found out later, maybe I shouldn't, this, this shouldn't be on YouTube. I found out because uh, I asked Bubs what his dad spanked him with. <laughs> it's like, but I don't, I don't know if anyone else heard that in the message. I don't remember hearing that in the message. Now they defended themselves and said the cover was still on, uh, pr the protective covering. Uh, the, I'm like, of course, I'd much rather prefer the chancla than that. 
But Hebrews chapter 12, starting at verse 5, says, And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? You know, and I knew when those ba- that baby was born, that there was going to be times I'm going to have to say no. And it's, it's really for the child's benefit. It's really for the child's good. I'm concerned. The child doesn't always know. The Bible tells us foolishness is bound in the heart of the child. So that child doesn't always know what's best for that child. And sometimes you've got to say no, no more, no more chocolate. You've had enough sugar for today. Or you know, no, no playing out in the middle of the street. You know, because there's cars. It's not safe. No, don't go into that neighborhood because, you know, I, there's some sketchy things in that neighborhood. Um, I don't want you spending a night at your friend's house because there's some situations over there I'm not comfortable with. So sometimes you have to say no. And uh, chastening, it's it involves some instruction. It involves some training. And I probably overdid it with my children, but I wanted them to be able to walk away and understand exactly that I thought through this. And here's the reasons why this isn't a good idea. It says, if you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are you bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh, which corrected us and we gave them reverence. My father corrected me and I gave him reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For they verily, now listen, the fathers verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure. And I did. I just, I didn't like children running around screaming, hanging off the chandeliers and doing all that kind of stuff. So I said, guys, it's quiet time at eight o'clock. It's reading time for 30 minutes. I'm going to put the timer on. I want to hear no noise except for the turning of pages. And so we had a reading time every night just because I like the quiet. (laughs) According to my own pleasure. (laughs) So, you know, I did it for my own pleasure, but he for our profit that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Now, I'm going to read this verse, and this verse brought extreme conviction. Because if you're, raise your hand if you're a mom or a dad. A lot of people here. Anybody, anytime, anyone, I mean, has anyone at any time in this room got, ever got angry at one of your children? I didn't see all the hands go up. <laughs> Did you ever at any time get angry at any of your children? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Way too much. And so my wife and I had this deal. We had this deal, and uh, I said, babe, we're going to hold each other accountable. We'll never discipline our children when we're angry. If I'm angry, then there's times I have told that child, I am way too angry to spank you. 
you deserve a spanking. <laughs> you deserve, but I can't do it because I don't want you to get the wrong understanding. Because my dad always did it with love. And there's abuse. And I don't believe in abuse. I believe you can cross a line into abuse. So this scripture, James chapter 1, starting at verse 19, it says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear. Slow to speak. <laughs> Slow to wrath, for the wrath of man. Listen, my wrath does not work the righteousness of God. My wrath does not work the righteousness of God. That greatly convicted me. Because by nature, I'm an angry person. When I was little, little things irritated me. Um, just more than the average person. I had more pet peeves than probably everyone here put together. <laughs> I had a lot of pet peeves and just little things would just make me angry. I... I Remember thinking, why am I such an angry person? I was raised in a good house. I just, things irritate me. <sighs> and so it was just easy for me to discipline when I was angry. Because I was angry most of the time anyway. But then I realized, so therefore my children did not get a lot of spankings from me. You could ask them the last time they ever been spanked, but it's been many years. It just, it's just not often because I never wanted to discipline. And me and Michael were talking about this, to not do that with anger. And the only time it, that would be proper and correct is when I really didn't feel like it. When I'm almost to tears, then it's probably the right time. Because then you know you're not going to overdo it. And then that child knows you're doing it out of love. And, um, so, and I'm always trying to find a way out for them. I do. I'll bring them in. I said, first thing we do is we talk, we sit down and I work through some steps about eight or 10 of them, but I'll just say, uh, <clears throat> do you know what you did wrong? And then if they don't know, then we talk about it. Uh, do you, uh, have a reason why you did that? We just talk about that. And then I'll say, um, now, <clears throat> what do you think I should do about that? You know? Um, what kind of dad would I be if I did nothing about this? What kind of dad do you think I would be? Not a very good one. <laughs> <laughs> They've done that before. <laughs> And I don't ever like to ever hit with this hand. And I taught them that this hand does not, if I ever raise my hand, I don't want to see you flinch or anything like that. Because you know this hand is never, it's never going to be a slap. It's never going to be a punch. Uh, sometimes I'll just make quick movements. And my children go, <laughs> I don't want this to be the thing. <laughs> not hitting with that or any of this. So then there's been times I've... You know, so I'm always looking for an excuse to not have to do that. And so um, my wrath will not work righteousness in their life. 
my wrath will not work righteousness in their life. So having said that, the children aren't back, and I'm just kind of stalling. They're supposed to be back like a few minutes ago. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you can get them. And That's fine. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're good. Thank you, Michael. Oh, <laughs> well, I mean, we're thinking half of it's hot will offset the cold. <laughs> Praise God. So I, was, I just wanted the children to be back in here. I wanted Felix to be able to join his family. Uh, this is an important part, and it's important for the entire church, you know, when that baby, when that child comes up in church, you know, I, I was raised in church and the people in the church were closer to me than my relatives. Uh, my relatives lived several hours away in San Jose, didn't get to see them a lot. So the church was like my family. And we'd see them all the time, every week, two, two three times a week. And, you know, you know them better than you know your relatives who live so far away. And, and you come to love them. And um, I remember when my children were born, I, I wanted them to be comfortable with the people in the church. I really did. I wanted them to, you know, just know the people in the church, love the people in the church. And so that's the way I was raised. Um, and I remember my dad opening his house to everyone who, on Christmas Day, if you wanted to come over and open house a certain amount of time, Thanksgiving, you know, from this time to this time, if you guys need to come over, we're going to have food. And, and so we loved it. We loved spending some of these days uh, with the people in the church. How many ever went to a Christmas, uh, sister? <laughs> Yes, uh, Thanksgiving or Christmas. I remember Tom out there at my parents' house uh, steaming one of those turkeys. <laughs> what, what, what was that? Deep fry. Yeah, he was deep frying a turkey. I remember that one year. Amen. <laughs> so as the children come in... Um, is Felix out there? Felix coming in? All right, there's Hosea. There's Felix. Okay, I'm going to have Fernando and Gabby and Melody and Felix. I'm going to have my wife come forward as well. Amen. Had a great Bible study on Thursday night over at the Sivo's house. And uh, Joshua asked me if he wanted to, if we, he would play Connect Four with me and played Connect Four and checkers with uh, Joshua. And um, I was able to win the game with a Connect Six <laughs> and a Connect Four at the same time. <laughs> All right. All right. Here is Fernando. Um, this is Gabby, little Felix, and the little baby Melody. And uh, she's a precious little girl. She was seven pounds, 11 ounces, 20, what inches? 20 something? 20 inches long. And um, just a precious little girl. This is, uh, the Bible talks about that we are formed and fashioned 
uh, God formed her, fashioned her in her mother's womb. And, um, and so she is here and she's intended to be a blessing to your family. It's going to be sometimes when, you know, you might be, get upset at her at some time in the future, Felix. But right now, you're just loving her, huh? It, except for she cries too much. Sometimes if she cries too much. <laughs> so, my friends, this is a happy and significant occasion which brings us together. Like Mary and Hannah of old, you have brought your child to the temple today to present her to the Lord. You have heard the invitation of the master when Jesus said, suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not for of such is the kingdom of heaven. You know, Jesus loves the little children. It is fitting that you should bring your child while the spell of her birth is still upon you. The mystery and wonder of this new life has brought you to stand reverently and thoughtfully before the father of all life and has given you, uh, I typed something wrong here. It, it says given yo, Y-O, uh, a new and compelling message of dignity and the obligation of parenthood. The purpose of this service is to help you as parents to appreciate your obligation, and so to train your child in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, that when she shall come to the age of responsibility, she will most naturally turn from the wrong to the right and accept Jesus Christ as her Savior, as her Savior and Master. God has a purpose for this child's life. To find that purpose and to live it out fully will mean success. To refuse or ignore it will mean failure. No matter how much worldly acclaim may come, it is your privilege and your duty to guide your child in such a way as to make the will of God the greatest ambition of her life. To this task, you are called to consecrate your child to God. And I'm going to read the covenant. And um, so you guys can just simply answer these questions with, we do. Gabby and Fernando, do you now present your child before God in solemn dedication? Do you consecrate yourselves as parents to bring up your child in the nurture and admonition of the Lord? Do you promise to instruct her in the teachings of Jesus and in the practice of prayer and to guide her in the development of Christ-like character? Do you promise to try to the best of your ability so to shape the home life of your child, both by family devotions, by your words, your example, that she will at the proper age most naturally come to an open confession of Christ and into the fellowship and service of the church. Okay. And at this time, we're going to pray for the little baby. Lord Jesus, God, we pray for little Melody, Lord Jesus, as we dedicate her to you, Lord Jesus. We're asking you, God, that you would give Gabby wisdom, Lord, as a mother. 
God, and help give her insight into her child's needs, God, and help her to see, God, the way that this child should go, God. I pray that you would give her wisdom, knowledge, and understanding as a mother, Lord Jesus. I pray for Brother Fernando, God. I pray, Lord, that you would give him wisdom as a father, Lord Jesus. Give him insight, Lord, and how to raise up this little baby, God, that you've given them, Jesus, in the way that she ought to go, Lord Jesus. Uh, God, we present her before you, God. I pray for little Felix, God, that you would help him to be the best, bigger brother that he could be, Lord, and to be a good example to her, Lord Jesus. And I pray for this family together, this Beltran family, Lord. And God, we give you all the thanks and all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Amen. And we have a little gift for uh, the baby. Just a little gift. It's just, and, um, <laughs> all right. Amen. If you didn't get a chance to see this baby, this baby is really cute. She really is. Yep. So, amen. Um, you guys, good. Praise the Lord. So I'm just going to give them the final charge to Fernando and Gabby. Inasmuch as you have promised before God and this people to dedicate your child to God and yourselves to the task of rearing her for God, I charge you to address yourselves faithfully to this sacred obligation with wisdom, patience, and devotion. And to this end, may the blessing of God rest upon you. Amen. Praise God. How many remember uh, dedicating one of your children to the Lord? Yes. I remember uh, those times and, it, you know, just something, just feeling like, man, I'm responsible. Um, you know, before I was a dad, I was like, you know, me. But all of a sudden I had to become a dad. I was like, I better like wake up a little bit and get a little bit more responsible I want to be the best example, the best dad I can be. Made a lot of mistakes along the way, Fernando. I made a lot of mistakes. But um, God's been good. God's been merciful. Amen. So praise the Lord. We're going to pray in closing, and we're going to have a baptism for uh, Marley. She has requested to be baptized on Mary Fleeman's birthday. <laughs> and so, praise the Lord. Uh, I might have Brother Sharon, if you could pray in closing, and then uh, Marley would just give you a couple minutes to get ready. I don't know if you're going to change or you're going to wear that, whatever. Brother Sharon. Amen. Thank you. You guys are dismissed in Jesus' name. Just give us a few minutes to get for Marley to get ready.